My name is Scott Chaloner and you are listening to the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. Now, as regular listeners of our show will know very well, part of our mission here at the Leaders' Council is to bring you a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. And to this end, I'm delighted to say that we're joined on today's show by Mark Middlemas, the CEO and founder of the Athlete Media Group, a sports agency which helps brands grow by connecting them with athletes using meaningful ideas. Uh, Mark, very warm welcome to yourself and thanks for joining us on the show. It's a pleasure having you with us. Good morning, Scott. Pleasure to be here. Uh, likewise, Mark. And uh, just for those uh, listeners tuning in that might not be familiar with yourself and the athlete, the athlete media group, rather, um, what is it that you sort of do in your own words, given that I've only given a very kind of brief overview as to what it is that you do there? Yeah, we're a sports agency powered by purpose um, in a nutshell, and we help athletes thrive and businesses grow both inside and out. Fantastic. And um, what was it that sort of got you into this line of work? Because I understand that you're sort of very experienced in the media and marketing sphere. And did you kind of know that you were going to go into your business, uh, into business for yourself in a venture like this from sort of quite early on in your career? Um, no, I kind of accidentally fell into it after a sort of 20 plus year career in media and marketing. I was looking after um, big brands like Coca-Cola, MasterCard, Xbox, Bacardi Martini. Um, they all had a sporting element and had sporting campaigns they were running in my time at the agency I worked for. Um, so, I've, And I've always been passionate about sport. Um, I guess as life um, throws challenges at you, you know, you change uh, jobs. And I, I felt in 2019 that the time was right to deliver a change. And I'd had some quite big sort of life-changing moments uh, sort of around about 2013, 2014. And it was a chance to go on my own and um, try and do something about, uh, you know, the sporting world that I wanted to give back to. And we managed to do that. Yeah. And when you think about sort of making changes in the, uh, the sporting world, what are the sorts of things that you're sort of really targeting there? Well, there's a lot of, um, I guess there's a lot of things that we can sort of touch on. Mainly, there's a lot of underdogs in sport who are competing and playing at the very top of their game. They just don't get the rewards that um, the premiership footballers and the sort of the leading sports with loads of money get. And I just felt that there was an opportunity to use my sort of brand knowledge and brand experience to help those athletes um, and sports that maybe were considered more underdog. Um, that might be, you know, England women's rugby mm. um, out in New Zealand at the moment performing brilliantly. It might be triathlon. It might be beach volleyball. I just felt that I could use my skills to help those athletes and those sports better market themselves and um, better commercialize themselves. Yeah, so it's kind of about sort of leveling what seems to be a bit of an uneven playing field in sport, isn't it? Like you say, I mean, you see the premiership footballers and sort of uh, that seems to sort of take centre stage, doesn't it, when it comes to sort of sport and what we think of. But there are individuals that are competing in sports that maybe aren't given sort of the same exposure, don't maybe carry the same gravitas that are still, you know, competing at the very top of their level and aren't getting that recognition. So um, the way that you do that, I guess, is by sort of putting them in touch with brands. And I guess as well that as well as marketing the sports and the athletes themselves better, that's going to have a significant impact as well on the business that they're going to be working with. Absolutely right. And, you know, we ultimately do three things for athletes, Scott, at AMG. One is we look at, understand and work out what their personal brand is and where we can go, the strengths and the weaknesses. 
we tell they're often very inspiring and unique stories across multimedia. Um, and then we find them brand partners in different ways. That might be um, anything as simple as a speaking engagement all the way through to a more traditional sort of brand ambassador deal that um, we're, we're familiar with. So there's lots of richness in that. And um, I just really love, you know, helping the people that we've got on our platform. The stories inspire me to get out of bed in the morning. Um, and that's very, very rewarding um, as, you know, given the world we live in and where we come from. And the, I guess the important thing to say, Scott, is, you know, we have a our secret sauce, if you like, is, yes, it's very good to deliver these meaningful connections, but we deliberately work with athletes who have a passion away from their field of play. Mm. So that might be a double Olympic gold medalist who's heavily into pushing sustainability. It might be mental health. It might be prison reform. It might be sort of diversity, whatever it is, you know, animal uh, conservation. Lots of athletes, because of the platforms they've got, and it doesn't matter that they're, they're underdogs, they still use their platforms um, in a very powerful way to promote messages. And, you know, given the, the sort of age of purpose that um, we are now in, brands want to associate themselves with positive role models like a lot of our athletes. Exactly right. I suppose a good example of that. I mean, I know obviously, of course, it's in the uh, the very much sort of the Premiership footballer public eye sort of thing is uh, is Marcus Rashford, isn't it? I mean, the the campaign that he uh, obviously put together during the uh, the COVID pandemic to get free school meals extended to the school holidays for children. Uh, that's just one example, isn't it, of how an athlete can really use their model, uh, their their platform in a really really positive way. Totally, and you know, Marcus has been absolutely fantastic with what he's done, and you're seeing sort of pockets of this. Um, you know, athlete activism around the world, you know, the sustainability and, and COP26, mm. you know, Hannah Mills and Melissa Wilson um, creating a video full of Olympians to, you know, tell the world's leaders, we've done our bit, now it's your turn. Um, and that was at COP26 last year. And there's lots of different ways of, um, you know, these athletes, whether they're connected to the UN or, you know, something in their own country, they can really use the power of sport and the power of their achievements to in- inspire the rest of us. And um, that can only be a good thing. And I guess you learn a lot of those sort of key aspects of leadership from sport as well, don't you? And it's about sort of channeling those characteristics into things that make a real difference. We learn an awful lot about sort of, you know, the impact of teamwork, the impact of perseverance, for instance. So there are a lot of positive lessons from sport that we can really sort of take forward into sort of, you know, everyday life, the corporate and business world as well. And I suppose it's no coincidence that when we see a lot of professional sports people going into retirement, they're not just also campaigning, they're also perhaps building organizations and businesses of their own, aren't they? And I suppose that's because of the lessons that they've learned during their time as professional athletes. Absolutely right. And um, you see a lot of similarity with sport and the, you know, those in the military, you know, fantastic leaders having to deal with very high pressure situations at the very top of their profession. And, you know, it's just an absolute privilege to work with people like that. And we've, you know, as a team and as an individual, we, I and we have learned so much from you know, just day-to-day conversations with a lot of the athletes that we talk to um, and a lot of the the retired military people that we work with as well because there is strong overlap between the two and there are organisations around the world who just choose to work with, um, you know, retired sports and military people because of the attributes they bring to the table. Yeah, certainly so. And I'm guessing as well that the inspiration that you have from um, and that you take from sort of these uh, sporting figures, it's probably sort of helped you sort of push the athlete media group to the point where it's at today. 
in being successful, hasn't it? Because um, I suppose that you set it up from scratch um, and you've also had to kind of, you know, reinvent yourself along the way, haven't you, in terms of sort of building up the business and sort of finding your own way as a business leader? Totally. And, you know, I, I was lucky enough, I guess, in some ways, my father was in the military for a long time. He was in, he was in it for 36 years. When he came to leave, um, he didn't necessarily struggle, but there were doubts there. Um, you know, he, he worked out what he wanted to do, but that experience in itself helped me. And then, you know, further down the line, dealing with athletes, you know, at, at the start and at the end of their career has been fascinating. And those at the end, you know, I've got an athlete who we're going to announce um, this week or next week who's retiring from a sport after a 17-year career. Mm. Um, what are his plans moving forward? What's he got up his um, sleeve for that? Well, we'll find out. But um, it's just fascinating because they bring so much to the sporting uh, field. Um, I think those attributes are naturally gifted towards a business environment and, you know, naturally helping people. So it's, a, you know, it's an exciting space and it should be, we see it as a positive. There's lots of sort of negative stories about sports people being unsure because mm. they've just lived in the moment. Um, we see it very much as an opportunity and, and as a positive with the athletes we deal with. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, I suppose it's um, it's a mantra, isn't it, that, you know, you're a long time retired from sports and you do always need to be thinking about what you're doing afterwards. And I guess that in a world where, as you've already said on this podcast, you know, things are a lot more purpose driven these days. It's important for athletes to really kind of nail that down. And I think it's important for any business or any entrepreneur that's maybe looking to to get themselves started in the uh, in the corporate world, because um we're seeing, aren't we, certainly since the pandemic, people are a lot more aware of, you know, their own mortality, their own health and well-being, and they're sort of asking more questions. I mean, it's like, why am I here? I mean, it's like, I mean, what is what I'm doing aligned with my values? Are we thinking about looking after the planet? Because, of course, COVID was very closely tied into that, and um, we're seeing a lot of the Gen Z coming through that are a lot more sort of... Um, very much um, attuned with the climate emergency and hoping to uh, to deal with that. So I suppose in any walk of life, if you don't move with the times and you don't align yourself with purpose and risk manage in that way, you're almost going to fall down, aren't you? So it's something for, for everybody in the business world to be thinking about. I think so, yeah. I think that's a really good point, Scott. And, uh, you know, we do two things ultimately for businesses at AMG. We externally help them with their brand reputation and internally, we help them with their employee well-being and engagement. And if you look at what's happened in the last couple of years since COVID, you know, we've become, in the main, a more caring and, um, you know, um, sort of more caring business community. Mm. Um, and consumers and employees expect brands to behave in a certain way that are aligned to their values. Now, you know, we have athletes that can help you drive those campaigns in a, in a really positive way because their values and their messaging is aligned. Um, but most importantly, if you have a look at what's happened to employees over lockdown, we have the great resignation, something like over a million roles are free. Um, you know, employees expect you as a business to have values that are important when protecting the environment, you know, spreading diversity inside an organization, etc. So, and that's all that those positive messages that sport people can give you um, just elevate that, I think. And um, it's something that we've seen. We got probably lucky with launching when we did. And, you know, the first year was pretty tough before COVID. And then COVID hits you um, like a tidal wave and mm. you, you're having to adapt again. So there's lots of good analogies with sport. But I do think that the, the reputation and the well-being thing and the, 
the way that businesses have to behave now have to be seen to behave by consumers and um, their staff makes for um, a really rich, um, you know, sort of uh, a really rich area to be involved in. It is, isn't it? And I'm guessing as well that um, in in any kind of situation, whether you're in sort of business or you're in sort of a non-profit organisation and you're in a leadership role, it's prioritising mental health and well-being and morale is now far more important, isn't it? Because people are a lot more sort of acutely aware of it since COVID and just linking that back to sport as well. When we're seeing sort of role models like Ben Stokes, for instance, coming and taking time out from cricket for the good of his mental health, that's also setting a good example of just how important, you know, maintaining good mental health and well-being is. Couldn't agree more. You have to look at, you know, Michael Hooper, the former Australian rugby captain who Mm. played his first game after a couple of months out against Scotland on Saturday. Um, he got he got time out. He was allowed it. He was respected and um, supported by players, the admin team, his family. And I think we're, you know we we underestimate the pressure that these you know leading sports people are under. Um, so it's important to take a break. We know that from our own um, you know the sabbaticals that were put into place by people in the workplace. Mm. You know HR teams have probably never been busier over you know COVID etc. And um, we're learning, you know, we're, we're learning and adapting. And I think that um, lots of organizations are having to adapt to what's in front of them now. And, you know, we, we have a, a different style of workforce, certainly the youngsters coming through who expect different things. And those analogies with sport and other cultural influences are just really interesting. And, you know, we use that to help organizations both internally and externally. Exactly right. So I suppose having that kind of caring aspect, if we think solely in business terms now, I mean, it's like in that positive sort of culture where, you know, you are able to sort of talk about mental health and voice your concerns. That's incredibly important, isn't it? And I think if you sort of shut that out um, from a leadership perspective, eventually you're going to lose out. And I think it's almost, it's, it's not always something that's intentional, is it? I mean, it's more sometimes when we think of sort of toxic cultures that are out there within business. It's more what you don't do rather than what you do do that does actually contribute to that, isn't it? And it's about making sure that, you know, you are putting steps and mechanisms in place where people feel like they can speak out if they need to. Absolutely. And what, what I find interesting about that, there's probably two sides to the mental health coin that I see. One is the sort of the, the, the toxic culture side that you've um, identified. Mm. Yes, the experiences of athletes can work on that because a lot of them have had those difficult times in their career where they've been in a toxic culture. Mm. The other side of it that we're seeing an awful lot more of is the the mental resilience side. So preparing yourself in the right way so that you are mentally strong as well as physically strong when the when the bad times come, you know, when you suffer a bad defeat that you weren't expecting or, you know, the team doesn't win as you thought they would. Um, building mental strength, I think, is something that in the workplace of today, with the uncertainty from a macro point of view, I think that training and building up your staff to be mentally resilient is a really strong opportunity for organisations. And once again, you know, athletes can come in and, um, you know, share their experiences. There's a lot to learn from that mentality in sport, isn't there, that we don't see sort of failure as terminal. It's the win or learn mentality. It's when we suffer a setback and setbacks will be inevitable. We use that to learn from, we use it to improve, we dust ourselves down and we go again stronger. That's so, so important, isn't it, in any walk of life? I think so. And I think that, um, you know, resilient organisations, resilient countries, you know, you only have to look at Ukraine and how resilient their people are, given what's been handed over to them by 
um, you know, the other side of the, the country, that um, resilience is really important in all walks of life. And um, failure can be a very good thing, wasn't it? Michael Jordan, who said that um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And, um, you know, he meaning he wasn't afraid to fail mm. because he knew that the more he tried and the harder he trained, the more successful he was. That's exactly right. And I think we've got to accept that, you know, there are going to be some little sort of hiccups along the way, aren't there? I mean, I think um, there was one um, there was one football coach, um, I won't name names, who actually said a quote that really stuck with me. And it was, uh, there's always a kicking around the corner, but you just don't know how big the corner is. And then when that comes around, we know that it was coming. Um, it might not be in the manner we expect, but, you know, we dust ourselves down, we go again, we learn from it and we improve and we move forward. And that's so, so, so very important as, we, as we've talked about. And uh, I do want to think about sort of uh, the future and moving forward in just a little bit more detail mark before we wrap up on the show this morning because i'm conscious that we're beginning to uh, to run short of time and uh um, what I'd like to understand a little bit about is actually um, what some of your plans are for this sort of next sort of 12 months and beyond now that, you know, we are navigating a difficult time where resilience is going to be important and we're going to need everybody to, you know, all be pulling together in the same direction if we are to sort of really succeed. Yeah, so the next 12 months I see is a really big opportunity for us. I think that the world is slowly um, getting back to normal after COVID. Um, I think this year has been very much a trial and error for a lot of businesses because, you know, we, we, we came out of COVID, a few other things got in the way. Um, but I see 2023 as a real opportunity. There's another major sports tournament in the Rugby World Cup over in France. Mm. You then got the Olympics um, in the same country the following year. So there's a lot of um, building going on. And, and also this Olympic cycle is only three years. So the athletes have had one year left to prepare um, so, you know, from a marketing point of view, we just need to be noisier. We need to be better. We need to, um, you know, bring in, um, more athletes, you know, because we're only as good as the athletes we have. So, you know, having more, um, upper echelon athletes, as I like to call them is a target, but also supporting, um, the rising stars that we've got. We've got a great selection of, of them and, and we will continue to do what we're doing so well. And then it's a case of, um, you know, attracting business, building demand, from businesses, um, and that's a that's a daily struggle that I think everyone goes um, goes through. Um, but we're seeing positive movement heading into sort of the end of the year. So for 2023, it's um, you know getting our athletes probably more involved in what we're doing. We can always improve in that area, and then it's it's the pipeline, just building that pipeline and sharing uh, the learnings that we've um, had over the last sort of three and a half years in business. And, and taking the, the case studies out there that we've got. So that's, that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, very exciting stuff indeed. And uh, do wish you all the luck in the world in really executing that mission to full effect, Mark. And um, I think as we start to understand exactly uh, how things are taking shape over the next few months, might even be good to welcome you back onto the show and just see how things are all coming together. And hopefully, like I say, there'll be some positive news to, uh, to share on that front. I would love to, um, Scott. And, you know, I think the most important thing for us is how we can share the positive stories of the work that we're doing with businesses. You know, the, there's so much great work going on in, in the UK and in different parts of the world with our athletes that, you know, it might um, raise an idea from another business if they're listening or, or however it may be. But there's there's lots of ways in which athletes can um, work with businesses in, in different ways. And um, I very much look forward to, um, you know, sharing those stories when we talk again. Yeah, absolutely. So, and for anybody who's been tuning into this podcast who does want to find out a little bit more about the work that Athlete Media has been doing, um, athletemedia, I think, .co.uk is the uh, the best port of call for you, isn't it, Mark? 
that's right yeah yeah, fantastic. Do go and take a look at that because there's some incredible and inspiring stories there. And then if you do have something to say directly to us here at the Leaders' Council about some of those things that we've talked about on today's show, then do feel free to contact us via leaderscouncil, all one word, .co.uk forward slash contact hyphen us. And if you run your own business or organisation and you feel that you have your own perspective to bring to the discussion table on this or any other issue that may be of relevance to you, then you can also apply to be on our programme and speak to me directly via Leaders' Council council.co.uk forward slash apply there too um for now it has been an immense pleasure welcoming athlete media group's mark middlemas onto today's show and thanks ever so much mark for taking the time to join us on this program today and uh, do take care and i'm um, sure we'll catch up in the uh, the near future scott thanks very much indeed and to everybody listening into the show again i've been your host as always on this episode of the leaders council podcast scott challoner and until next time when we'll be back with a whole new perspective on leadership and current affairs take care all and goodbye.